everyone and welcome back to another episode of the life of a fashion student podcast with me your host christina ang i feel like i haven't spoken to you guys in such a long time but that's not entirely true because i literally put out an episode i think last monday but i think it just feels like a long time because i've been so busy with schoolwork and the weeks just feel like years to me but anyway i'm coming at you all with a very inspiring episode today that i'm so excited to get into But before we get started, I have to give you all my life updates, as I always do before the start of every episode. So, I believe in the last episode, I was ranting about almost starting school and how much I didn't want to go back to all of the tests and projects. Definitely more projects, um, not tests, because in fashion school, there are really no tests. But anyway, since the last episode, I'm now two weeks deep into classes and... It's been overwhelming to say the least, which I find so odd because I'm taking less classes and less challenging classes than last semester, but somehow I feel like there's more work. I guess it's because of the professors that I got and how much work they're giving out, and that is one thing I do miss about high school is that the teachers don't really converse with each other about how much work they're giving to make it easier for the students to cope with. In college, everyone works more independently, so the teachers and the students Um, So there isn't a lot of communication going on. All of you high school students out there listening, enjoy the minimal workload while you can, or at least hope that whatever professors you have in the future are considerate and understanding of how much work you've got going on in your other classes. But even if you're already in college and suffering through a heavy workload right now, like me, I would definitely consider speaking to your professors and, you know, telling them that you'd appreciate a lighter workload considering the amount of work you're getting from other classes already. Even, you know, say it during class because a lot of your peers may be thinking the same thing but are too afraid to speak up and ask for something different. Originally, I was thinking about dropping one of my classes because I wanted to make this semester a lot easier on myself, but to be honest, I don't think I'm going to because I really enjoy what I'm learning in all of my classes right now and I do need the credits, so I think I'm just going to push through it, but we'll see. Obviously, things can change. My first week was supposed to be me, you know, testing the waters for each of my classes and seeing if I liked them and if the subjects were interesting enough for me to stay in, but so far I'm really enjoying it. I think all of my classes have something different to add to my knowledge. I think my favorite class so far has been hands down my accounting fundamentals class, and I swear that I was definitely a business major in one of my past lives because numbers and money to me are just super interesting topics, I don't know why. But I also think that I enjoy it a lot more than my other classes because it's just so different from what I've already been taking at Parsons. For all of my fashion lovers out there, even if you're planning to focus on fashion in your career or in school, I would highly recommend taking a business or finance course at least one time in your life because it's so important for us even as creatives to understand these business concepts and how to be financially intelligent. Literally, it can be the most basic class that your school or another institution offers, but just take it so you at least have a basic understanding of money and how businesses work. With all of that aside, I want to get into the main topic of today's episode, which is about finding the courage to pursue the things that you want in life. I feel like if I ever had to choose a sentence that completely embodies my own personal brand and everything that I stand for, this would definitely be it. 
Ever since I was young and had to make the decision to give up a traditional future in STEM to pursue my dreams in fashion, I have been preaching this statement to everyone who was willing to listen. And you know, this podcast was basically created with that purpose in mind as well. I'm just super keen on getting people to recognize what their aspirations are in life and not what other people want them to do or what society tells them to do. And this episode is not only about those emotional struggles that you face, but also about life's curveballs and about how you find the courage to do the things you want despite signs in life that are completely telling you to go in an opposite direction. I, of course, have my own story and personal experiences to share with you all, but I figured I would take this opportunity to share with you someone else's story because at this point, I'm sure a lot of you already know enough about me since I talk about my personal struggles, you know, on here every other week on this podcast. So the story I'm going to share with you all today as a brief moment of inspiration is going to be someone who is very well known and very accomplished, and that's Stephen King. And you're probably like wondering why I'm just randomly going to be talking about Stephen King and it's because his story to get where he is now is so incredibly inspiring. Even for someone like me who is in the fashion industry and not in the literature or publishing industry. For those of you who are not familiar with who Stephen King is, which I would be very disappointed by, he is a very well-accomplished author of horror, supernatural fiction, suspense, crime, and fantasy novels. And a lot of his books have been adapted into films, television series, and just so many other adaptations. If you're familiar with, you know, Carrie, The Shining, Pet Cemetery, and It, like the clown one, yeah, all of those were him. And I'm going to be very honest, I'm not a fan of horror movies. Um, I like them, but I don't watch them too often because if I do, then I just won't sleep for a full 24 hours. But I do appreciate a good horror movie or two, and his are some of the best. But despite all of his success and, you know, all of the money he made from these adaptations and whatnot, what a lot of people actually don't know about King is the challenges and struggles that he had to face early on in his life. And so I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about his past and what he had to go through in the beginning of his life before all of the success that he has now. So King was actually broke and struggling when he was first trying to write. He lived in a trailer with his wife, you know, who's also a writer, and they both worked multiple jobs to support their family while pursuing their craft. They were so poor, they had to borrow clothes for their wedding and had gotten rid of the telephone because it was too expensive. So while he was writing, King received so many rejection letters for his books that he actually developed a system for collecting them. In his book On Writing, he recalls, By the time I was 14, the nail in my wall would no longer support the weight of the rejection slips impaled upon it. I replaced the nail with a spike and kept on writing. So he received about 60 rejections before selling his first story, The Glass Floor, for $35. Even his now best-selling book, Carrie, wasn't a hit at first. After dozens of rejections, he finally sold it for a meager advance to Doubleday Publishing, where the hardback sold only 13,000 copies, which apparently was not that great for the time. So that's a little bit about Stephen King's background, which for any of you who are not hardcore fans of King probably didn't know of that about him. Um, I myself found it really hard to read through all of the things that he went through because I couldn't imagine how I would, you know, come out on top if I had been through all of those same things. So how he found that courage to keep doing what he loved despite people continuously saying no to his face is something that resonates with me so hard because that's kind of what I had to do going, you know, through the early stages of my life as well. Obviously not exactly like that, and King's struggles were definitely a lot harder than what I had to go through. 
But all of that aside, there was also this really inspiring and motivating section of a blog that I had read regarding Stephen King's stride to success. And I just wanted to share it on here because I'm not even kidding you guys that when I read this next part aloud to myself, I had legit chills. And you'll see what I mean when I read it. Um, so credits to Doug Wright of willnevergiveup.com. I have no idea what that is, but he wrote this in his own words. Um, so here it is. I'm going to read it to you. Stephen King is a shining example of a person who didn't let failure define him and who achieved success by the simple fact of never giving up. He could have let his background and lack of financial progress hold him back, but he didn't. He pushed on regardless. He could have received one rejection and decided that writing wasn't for him, but he didn't. He continued to write and submit, learning from each rejection, honing his craft and his skills. Having already achieved literary success, he could have succumbed to his addiction, spent his royalties on hedonistic, destructive pleasure, but he didn't. He got over it and moved on. Stephen King was motivated by his goal to be able to earn money while sharing his stories with the world. Even now at the pinnacle of success with money hardly being a motivator, he still writes and still wants to share his creativity. Is your goal enough to motivate you to extraordinary lengths? If not, maybe it's time to find a new goal. Just take a moment to appreciate that really motivating paragraph I just shared. Um, if you want, you can even scroll a a few seconds back and listen to me say it again because it's just that inspiring but I'm, I'm, I mean I hope it was as inspiring to you guys as it was for me and the whole point of sharing this long history of Stephen King's life was because I wanted y'all to hear the story of someone who is very successful in today's society but had to go through really difficult circumstances to get to where they are now the journey to get where you want to be is not always going to be easy and you're going to be faced with a lot of opposition and a lot of people who don't believe in what you're trying to achieve. But in the end, if you want to succeed, you have to find the courage within yourself and make those opportunities for yourself. But anyway, in, aside from that little inspiring talk that I just shared with you, of course, I want to get into some of the steps that I've taken in my own life to find the courage to pursue my dreams. The first thing I'll say that is a super important first step is acknowledging your dreams. And maybe you don't know yet what your end goal is in life, which is totally fine. Nobody is pressuring you to decide that now. But there's obviously some things that you're interested in and have been thinking about always wanting to do. So what are those things? No matter, you know, what your dream is, big or small, whether it's becoming CEO of a company or leaving school to pursue full-time acting, I don't know. Don't dismiss the things that you want because there's obviously a reason why you're thinking about these things and why you have a passion for them. I feel like each of us owe it to ourselves to acknowledge these things we want in life and try to go after them. If you're a person who likes to manifest things by taking physical actions, then by all means do so. Write down your goals and create a roadmap of how you're going to get there and the things that you'll need to get there. You know, I'm more of a visual person, so I like to just do those exact steps, but in my mind, because that's how I visualize things best, but to each its own, and I suggest doing whatever you're most comfortable with. I think acknowledging the steps and what you need to do to reach your goals comes with acknowledging your dreams. Um, the two go hand in hand. You can't tell me you're acknowledging your dreams, but not thinking about how exactly to get there. You know what I mean? And if it helps... Talk to some people who have found success in that area that you want to pursue and seek their guidance. This doesn't always have to be a person who's really high up in the industry. You know, back in the day when I did want to be a fashion designer when I grew up, and I say back then because, like, it's not really my dream to be a fashion designer right now, as you guys know, 
But anyway, when I was really passionate about being a designer and starting my own collection and all of that, I would have consulted other students at Parsons who have found success in that area themselves. You know, I know a lot of my peers who have successfully started their own fashion lines and collections, and they're definitely a lot more accessible than trying to reach a big designer like Marc Jacobs or, you know, Vera Wang or something. Um, going off of acknowledging your goals, I kind of touched on this already, but take the first steps. You know, you don't need to already have a full-fledged business and life plan set and ready to go. That's not what I'm saying at all, but do think about some small first steps that you can take to reach your goal. And there's definitely a lot of stigma surrounding the first steps, like in anything that we want to do, but take it from me. I'm the type of person who always dreads taking the first steps and starting something. I will literally put off something for the longest time just because I don't want to start it. And it's not that I'm afraid to start it, it's just that I dread taking those first steps and I don't know why. Um, because then when I do happen to take those first steps, I get really into what I'm doing and I just like do it all the way. But what has really helped me is in recognizing that the first step doesn't always have to be as hard as everyone makes it out to be. The first step could literally just be coming up with the idea or doing the research or even looking at inspiration images on Pinterest, which is what I do. Trust me, you'll feel a lot better about taking those first steps if you actually just do something, even if it's small. I mean, it's better than just not doing anything at all and just having the idea of being a fashion designer in your head. It's not going to do anything. I personally always start with a small task leading up to a bigger project because it gets the gears in my mind moving and it doesn't take a lot of effort to take that first step. This is at least how I approach a lot of my design projects, but your own goals and aspirations might be different from mine, so maybe you approach it differently. Another thing I think that helps to encourage you to actually take those first steps is to think about what you can do right now. Because let's face it, there's probably going to be a long road that you have to go down in order to successfully reach your personal dreams, but the key is determining what things you can do right now and what's accessible to you right now. I want to stress the importance of this point, especially since we are in a global pandemic and not everyone's situation is particularly ideal right now. Some people may have access to more things than others and vice versa, but it's all about making things work for you. I'm going to be really honest, ever since this pandemic has started and, you know, since quarantine and everything, I've been making a lot of excuses for myself when I don't want to do something. And I mean, to be fair, 50% of the time it's excuses and then the other 50 of percent of the time it's actually real stuff that I'm dealing with but my point in saying all of this is if you find yourself constantly making excuses for yourself and not being able to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish then just stop that altogether I know right isn't that great advice um just stop but in all seriousness my professor was telling our class the other day that we had to complete three looks by the end of the semester and honestly I did get kind of annoyed because I was like well, what if I don't have a sewing machine or fabrics or hardware? And all of those thoughts were going on in my head and I noticed that they were all like negative thoughts. But that's when my professor said that even if we didn't have things like a sewing machine or the fabrics that we wanted to work with, we should find alternatives. Whether that's alternative methods of putting things together that doesn't involve sewing or alternative methods and materials that we can work with that we actually have on hand. So yeah, after he said that, one part of me was also kind of annoyed more at my professor because I was like, wow, he really doesn't care about what circumstances we are in and that we all have to produce the same amount of things. But then another part of me was like, wait, he's making so much sense. 
you know, I was just making excuses for myself because I didn't want to go through the motions of making three final looks. And I was also thinking about this project so like in the box. You know, who said that we had to sew our garments and who said that we had to use traditional conventional materials to make our garments? No one. So I really admire my professor for having that kind of mindset where nothing is impossible because it's continuously inspiring me. And I totally understand that we, especially these days, have been put in some really unfortunate and unprecedented situations, but I think as creatives, we should be able to challenge ourselves to think outside of what is conventional. So if you're finding that you don't have all the right resources and materials on hand, then figure something else out with the stuff that you actually have on hand. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm preaching that you shouldn't be making any excuses and that you should always be making something innovative out of what you have, because that's not true at all. But I am saying, you know, this for the people who can relate to me, where they find themselves making excuses constantly and are just not getting anything accomplished. Definitely don't pressure yourself, guys. You know how much you can and cannot do and what your limits are, so just run with that. I talked about that last point for a little bit now, but moving on to my next point, I would say it's so important to surround yourself with people who believe in you. This seems fairly easy to do and pretty intuitive, but you can be surprised by how many people you'll meet who are not truly your biggest supporters and instead want to see you fail rather than succeed. And I'm very big on the saying of quality over quantity, so for me it was never about having the most friends and support systems, rather having friends that actually cared about me and supported everything that I do. And I'll share with you guys a little story about my past that gives you a little insight as to why I hold this point in such high regard. So in high school, when I was a lot younger, I had this really close friend who was like a best friend to me. And I'm obviously not going to say his or her name because I'm not trying to expose anyone like that. But anyway, the end of high school was when I started to find a lot of good things coming to me, just kind of out of the blue and unexpectedly. And when I had gotten this big opportunity from my high school, my friend kind of wasn't too excited for me. And I'll leave that all to you to speculate why my friend wasn't too excited for me. But yeah, I just realized that it was healthier for me to separate myself from this person because that person wasn't giving me that support that I needed in my life. And it was actually more toxic than healthy. You guys don't know how hard of a decision that was for me at that time to do because I never want to cut ties with people. But honestly, if it's better for your overall well-being, then I really urge you all to think about the relationships that you have in your own life and whether or not these people are constantly supporting you or doing the opposite. I'm not even ashamed to say that my biggest support system is my family, and my best friends are my family members because they're always there for me and they encourage me to do my best. They're not upset or angry at me when something good happens in my life, and they uplift me when I'm having off days. So seriously, I can't stress this enough to really surround yourself with good people. And we're getting pretty lengthy with this episode, but my last point that I really want to call attention to is to make your own opportunities. Again, this is one of those things that I've carried with me all throughout my life and that I've been doing for myself. What I mean by making your own opportunities is to not wait around for other people to offer you jobs and opportunities and not even waiting for your ideal position to become available or anything like that. It's to directly go after what you want, even if that means doing something unconventional and not traditional. I'll give you guys an example from my own experience, and it's not too crazy of an example, but the way I've been able to make opportunities for myself is by cold emailing for most of my life. 
And obviously now cold emailing is nothing new to people because everyone's pretty much doing it now. But even back in high school, if I didn't see one of the brands that I wanted to work for that they were hiring, I would find someone who works there or just reach out to the general email and sell myself and my experiences saying this is who I am, what I do, and I would love to work or intern for you. That's how I've been able to open so many doors for myself. Also, you know, with like brand collaborations and stuff, I literally DM brands on a daily basis when I really want to work with them. And most of the time they won't reply, but other times they will. And that leads to a really beautiful collaboration that can last for months and even years. I wanted to share another inspiring story that I found from someone who you are all probably familiar with, Steven Spielberg. Um, Spielberg is such an iconic director, filmmaker, producer, and screenwriter, so he definitely inspires me when it comes to a creative perspective. And I found this little snippet on fastcompany.com, and I wanted to share it with you all to inspire you guys to make your own opportunities in life. So... Steven Spielberg dreamed of making films since he borrowed his dad's 8mm camera at the age of 12. He applied to the University of Southern California School of Theater, Film, and Television three times and was denied each time. But while taking a tour of Universal Studios during summer break after high school, he got off the bus and spent the day on the lot. Enjoying the experience so much, he came back the next day, confidently walking through the gates while waving at the guard. For the entire summer, I dressed in my suit and hung out with the directors and writers, Spielberg told Reader's Digest. I even found an office that wasn't being used and became a squatter. I bought some plastic tiles and put my name in the building directory, Steven Spielberg, room 23C. Eventually, Spielberg's persistence paid off. After showing executives a film he made, he was offered a job as director on the television series Night Gallery and Columbo. He would go on to direct two of the top 10 highest grossing movies. I know, I know, we can't all be like Steven Spielberg, but my point in reading that little snippet of his life for you wasn't to tell you all to start sneaking into movie sets or anything like that, which I don't think you can even do these days, but I was trying to point out the fact that you should start thinking about ways that you can get to where you want in life without people directly telling you or giving you what you want. And that ties in so nicely with this whole episode being about finding your courage because what Steven Spielberg did was not an easy thing to do. Putting yourself out there is never an easy thing unless you're like incredibly extroverted and you don't care what others think. But yeah, I hope at least one of those points that I made in this episode resonated with y'all. There are a lot of topics that I talk about sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I'm an expert enough to talk about those things, but this topic is definitely one that I do see myself being something that I can talk about very confidently. And I still have a lot of work to do within myself, obviously, in pursuing the things that I want in life. But I'm going to practice what I preach and start doing the things that I mentioned in this episode. Let me know if you guys like me talking about other people's inspirational stories because I don't think I've ever really done that before. I usually just talk from my own experiences and give you guys my own life examples. But I think it was quite refreshing to provide you guys with more insight on other people who are obviously very successful in life and have a lot to share with the world. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning into this podcast and to hit that follow button if you're liking what you're hearing. It helps me out so much. If you have any ideas for future episodes, give me a DM on Instagram because I would love to hear them and I'm always looking for new episode ideas. Love you guys always and see you on the next episode of the Life of a Fashion Student podcast.